Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High presents Ghost Story. We open, and folks, it gives me no pleasure to say this, but we open during some, frankly, quite dangerous times at Chillhaven High. You did this to us. You you did it to us. What do we find outside of our titular high school? We find one, Angela Atticus Jr., slightly more monstrous than we found her yesterday, still trapped within the center of a magical runic circle. Before her, somebody else who's trapped. This one, an anchorite. Invisible to us now, because he's all wrapped up in a cocoon of vines and branches, courtesy of that same Angela Atticus Jr. And now, to those we find in pools of things that came out of them. (laughs) Namely, one Penny White, badly hurt, somewhere internally, in a pool of her own head blood. Head blood. And one Zeke Lynn, still occupying a bush which is soaked in his own sick. (laughs) Vesper's here, too. Oh, also, (laughs) our robot friend, the very good boy, Heck Gently, just ate a bunch of ghosts like a goddamn Pac-Man, shot out sparks, and collapsed to the ground. This is the mess in which we find our heroes. The question is, what are they going to do about it? That's a good fucking question. (laughs) Thank you so much. See, come here. What? Come out the bush. (laughs) But Heck! I know! (laughs) Well, how is Penny doing? I can't see her. That sounds, well, that was a noise. That sounds bad, though. A noise means alive. Okay, um, let me think. Okay, um, well, Rock Priest is dead. I'm fine. Listen, I need you. Is the Rock Priest dead? I don't, I think, but listen, I just need you. Listen, look at me. I need you to take charge of this that I'm about to tell you, Okay. Okay. You need to get Penny help. You need to get Heck help, and you need to get Wally over to me to get me out of here so that we can finish what we started. I gotta do all three of those things? Yes. Take Penny to the hospital, get Heck to your house, and make sure Wally comes and gets me out of here. And stop. And And stop. Hospital. No, not McDonald's. But I need you to understand that you smashed my phone up in little pieces, and I have no way of contacting you, so someone needs to come back here. I forgot that I did that. I didn't, so please... I can't text you to remind you about all these things. So, Vesper? Yeah. Get actually need, to the wall spittle. I need get, you to be in charge. here to free the ghosts from your circle. Yes. Get, get. Well. We see Vesper just silently walk by Zeke, grab the back of the collar of his lab coat, and just start walking him towards the car as he continues to holler. Get, Someone oh, get Penny okay, and Hex! Right, yep, oh, God. <laughs> I'll just be here. Okay, by myself. With the rock priest. (laughs) We watch as Zeke, Vesper, Penny, and Heck are finally able to load themselves and each other into the Angelo Mobile, which then peels off into the distance. Leaving Angela Atticus Jr. trapped in a runic circle, facing... The Anchorite's cocoon, alone in the darkness. 
although helpfully illuminated by the now deeply malformed spotlight. Angela sits crisscross applesauce on (laughs) the ground and then leans back to put her head on the ground and just sighs heavily, hoping that her friends can deal with the three tasks that she has given them. I really miss my phone. I wish Zeke didn't smash it up into a million pieces. I'm glad the light's on, though. Glad Penny could use her magic to illuminate this darkness out here. It's kind of creepy. Speaking of creepy darkness, Angela, after uh, several minutes, which feel like hours, movement beyond the light's reach at the edge of the darkness catches your attention. Angela whips her head over to the direction of where the sound was coming from. She squints her eyes, tries to look past the darkness, and then says, Who's there? The reply comes only in the sound of rustling leaves. Okay. Just wind. That's what it was. It's just (laughs) the wind. Angela looks over her shoulder. And then over her other shoulder. And then back in the direction of where the sounds are coming from. As soon as you turn back to the direction from which the sounds came, two figures stand before you. Still cloaked in darkness, still just past the edge of the light. But they seem to have appeared there out of thin air. Their silhouettes are humanoid, but kind of fucked up in ways that you can't quite identify through the blackness of the night. They stand side by side, identical in height, motionless. Um, hello? I can see you. I'm very powerful, by the way, (laughs) and can beat you up badly. I don't don't think that you want to mess with me. So scurry on. Get out of here. Angela squints to try to see if she can make out what they look like. After this bout of hollering, the figures begin to move slowly, inexorably towards you, Angela. Angela scrambles to her feet from a crisscross applesauce position and puts her hands out in front of her to protect herself. You don't want to get any closer. I told you I can hurt you. These two forms remain silent as we see their darkened shapes continue to move closer in until finally, with one last step, which I should say is creepily in tandem, these two figures step into the light and reveal themselves to you. Angela and the rest of us can now see two leafy, branchy, green man style forest creatures. Similar to Thatch, but taller, closer to your own size, Angela. Although not quite at your own current beefy size. Extra large beef. Hunky. Hunky. (laughs) Their appearance is soft and a bit femme, giving the impression of if the Jolly Green Giant had become human-sized and then transitioned. (laughs) And in their eyes, you can sense something familiar. Um... Hi, I'm assuming that you're from the forest, as I've seen 
something like you before. Don't tell me that you brought Thatch with you. I hate Thatch. Do you know Thatch? Do you know my mom? <laughs> what are you doing here? They speak in tandem. Simultaneously, these two figures say, Greetings, Akasa Halloween. So many questions. Yeah, it's fucking weird. You just walked out of the darkness and I'm literally in front of a high school right now doing some rock priest battles and you just happen to be here. Yeah, it's weird. I got lots of questions. It is not to us to answer these questions for you. We come as emissaries of the kingdom of the forest. You have claimed your crown, Akasaloween. No, I didn't. And the message has been received. No, it hasn't. I haven't even sent it. <laughs> no stamp. <laughs> no. Return, undo, undo. <laughs> Unsend. A kingsmoot has been called. A what? You will be summoned. No. To the Feywild. To defend your throne. I don't against it. its other claimants. I don't want it. You have five days. Or the matter will be settled in your absence. And may we say... We would assume not in your favor. Few questions. What if I say no and don't show up? You have claimed the sword. I didn't claim the sword. You have claimed the crown. Didn't claim the crown? You have taken the head of the queen. That was an accident. <laughs> I Like, you would have done the same thing. All of the steps have been fulfilled. Listen, can you just, I was, I, did, I have no idea what I'm doing. We hope to see you soon. And Akasa Luin, good luck. Wait, but who's the other person? And with that, a breeze wells up from the distance. And we see these two figures disperse into a gust of leaves, which are then blown out of sight. Wait, um, could you get me out of here? Please. <laughs> We cut to an exterior establishing shot of Chillhaven General Hospital. We then cut from that establishing shot of the hospital to the inside of the hospital. Now that we know where we are, we're not going to get freaked out. <laughs> not going to be thrown suddenly being in a hospital. We cut to a hospital room in which is contained a hospital bed on which is one Penny White hooked up to a bunch of tubes and shit and an IV, tubes coming out of her nose. One of those other tubes taped to her chest and she's in a hospital gown. She looks pale, like a lot of blood came out of her. Because it did. Uh, and her eyes are open. They're always open, but they look tired. And into this room bursts one terrified, high-strung looking Bart White. Ah! Oh my god! Are you okay? No! And I'm, are you mad at me? Because I'm kind of mad at you. But I'm no, I don't feel okay. You're mad at me? Yeah. Well... Because I'm grounded. And I feel like if I hadn't been grounded, I probably wouldn't have gotten hurt so bad. Because I was just really thrown off by the whole you knowing what grounding was. Okay. Well, um, I mean, I wasn't going to come in here and do this right away. Sorry. <laughs> but maybe if you'd stayed grounded and hadn't have hurled yourself out of a window or whatever you did... 
Um, you wouldn't be in the hospital right now. Well, maybe if you'd let me just calmly walk out the front door like I wanted to, I wouldn't have banged my head on the ground, and then it wouldn't have gone downhill from there. I feel sure about that. Listen, Penny, I don't want to play the blame game right now. Yeah, it's still a little fuzzy up here anyway. But I do want to gloat maybe a little bit because you were so against me putting that humongous emergency contact sticker on the back of your phone. <laughs> but without it, would they have been able to contact me so immediately? Well, um, where are my friends? Do you know? Do, do I know? Did no. we def- did we You did- tell me what happened. All I know is the hospital called me and they said oh, your daughter's here, all of her blood came out of her head. <laughs> Penny leans forward as far as she can with all the tubes and said, "Is there a big rock taking over the city right now?" Or did my friend stop it? <laughs> what have, day is it? It's it's not day. It's the middle of the night. You know, I was in the middle of my Halo Infinite session with my friend in Singapore. Okay. It's, just, it's a different it time there. We have to play late. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I, Penny, how are you? How are you feeling? Um, I haven't really. I mean, I'm, I'm conscious and I feel more coherent and I'm just waiting on the doctors to come back and update me, but they have not really told me anything. But I've gotten a couple juice boxes and they've been quite nice. The juice boxes were nice? Yes. Oh, well, that's good. They never put enough juice in them. I have a theory about that. I think that the round ones, you know those those little grenades that yes. you used to get at school and they were full of like purple or red? Yeah, and it was mostly just sugar, right? Yeah, but they didn't have any corners and I think they could fit way more juice in them. That makes sense to me. Penny, what what happened? Um, well, like... And can you start with um, right before you hurled yourself out of a second-story window and then maybe fill me in between then and now? Well, you got the note I left you, right? The what? Oh, in my room. No, okay. Uh, <clears throat> no note. Note was the wrong word to use. What I meant to say was... Nothing really happened before I jumped out the window. I needed to leave. You wouldn't let me. Um, the window was there, and I did fall, and it did hurt, and then You also I... t- uh, took the entire window off of the house, and it's still floating about six feet out. And I don't know, um, I mean, I, w- I watched some YouTube videos, and they had a lot of stuff about installing a window. I bet Zeke can do it. They didn't have any information about retrieving a window that's uh, floating of its own accord in the air. Near your house. Oh, that part, I can get the floating part, and then I can just probably get Zeke to come fix it. It's no big deal. Okay. We cut back to the white residence as Penny, remembering the window for the first time, causes it to drop from the sky <laughs> and shatter on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back. Um, and then we had to go fight the rock priest, like I tried to tell you before you grounded me. And, you know, I turned, there was this big heavy light, and I tried to turn it with my mind, and it worked great the first time, and then the second time it did not work so well. And that's okay. what hurt me. So, yes, I don't know what's wrong. Well, I, are there any freaking doctors in this place? Who's ever heard of a hospital without doctors in it? Can I get one doc? Oh, hi. Hello, doctor. Uh, Mr. Bart White? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, Penny's, I'm Penny's father. Is, hi. Is she okay? Is everything all right? Um, well, um, if you, you probably want to take a seat. Sorry, what's your name? Uh, Anastasia Burger Town. <laughs> oh. Doctor, but you can call me Stassi. Dr. Stassi. That's what everyone calls me. Stassi oh, Burger. Doctor then first name. Yeah. You don't get a lot of that these days. <laughs> no. Um, Penny's okay for the time being. Penny's right here. You're okay for the time being. Um, but we did a CAT scan of your brain. Ooh. Yes. Um, and we did find something a little abnormal. 
this little thing? And Penny points to the third eye in her forehead. So you know about your third eye. Hard to miss it. Wonderful. Is um, this something you come across a lot, Doctor? Not at all, actually. So <laughs> <laughs> what I found actually more concerning with, uh, than the third eye was that it's attached to a giant mass in the middle of Penny's brain. A mass? Yeah. We don't know right now if it's benign or not, but we'd like to do some more testing. Hmm. Can I um talk to my dad for a second? Of course. Take as much time as you want. Uh, we need to check your vitals again in 30 minutes. Then I can only take 30 minutes. To talk to him? You just said take as much time as you want. Okay. You said I only had 30 minutes, so I was just clarifying. <gasps> oh, you Penny, have us. Sorry, this is your doctor. I'm your doctor. Be respectful doctor. when you talk to Dr. Burgertown. <laughs> Sorry, Dr. Burgertown. <laughs> it's okay. You have a spicy daughter. <laughs> is that is that a, is that a medical condition? I'll be back in thirty minutes. <laughs> we can we can talk. I'll, yeah, after yeah, the, yeah, I'll talk more yeah, later. And with that, Doctor Burgertown leaves the room. The second the door shuts, Penny looks at Bart, her dad, and says, "Dad, we gotta go." We gotta go. They you can't gotta, run tests on me here. You got a tumor in your head. No, I don't. I, I got an eyeball, and it's being controlled by something magical. This is not a surprise, right? But they said they did a CAT scan. Yes, they're using their regular people doctor science to look inside my head, and that's not what I need. I don't really know what I need, but Penny, I can't let them run tests on me, Dad. Penny. Hmm? Listen, I know that you've been through a lot of crazy stuff, and I know that you've developed, inarguably, an expertise in dealing with who's it's and what's it's <laughs> and gremlins and Penny uh, relaxes back into the bed. Uh banshees. I've never seen one of those actually, but maybe one day it's on my list. Well, okay. Well, don't no, no, because you see them right before you die. So don't if you think you're about to see a banshee go in the other direction. But Penny, um, you know, you, Maybe don't, like, try and overextend that expertise to something that's, you know, outside of its purview. It, this is a medical doctor, Penny. I mean, like, I know that you do magical stuff and you have a third eye. Your eyes do the other thing that eyes aren't supposed to do, but... Um. Yeah, but was I born that way? Like, I wasn't really born with this third eye, Dad. So it's not exactly like a... Okay, and you probably weren't born with a tumor in your head. But what I'm saying is that, like, just because your life has become so supernatural doesn't mean that natural stuff can't still happen to you and, and the doctor you know dr burger time <laughs> presumably spent years in medical school presumably and then more time in residency training to understand the natural stuff that happens to bodies so maybe now is the time to defer to somebody else's expertise benny dad i'm telling you right now and this is not going to make any sense this eyeball is connected to outer space, and the doctors here are not going to help me make any sense of that. And I also do not trust them to have my information because Meredith put out a hit on anyone that looks weird. That was not her exact wording, but it was something like that. I do not trust anyone here. My friends are in danger, and they probably are just sitting with a big rock somewhere. So can we just schedule this tumor appointment for like a week from today at least? Can we just agree on that and get out of here now? Penny, listen. You are, as much as it, as much as I hate all of this stuff that's happened to you, both what your mom friggin' apparently did to you, 
not to mention what Belinda apparently did to you, but also just all the shit that this town has put you through. You're an incredibly strong person, Penny, to be able to handle all that, weather all that, and to take what, you know, for a lot of people could have been, I don't know, something life-ending, and practice it and utilize it and, like, develop your power. Like, you do, you deserve credit for that. Again, I don't understand it at all, and I don't like 90% of it. (laughs) But I do acknowledge the discipline and the work that you've put into what you do. But that doesn't make you immortal. You're still piloting a mostly human body around. And take take it from a guy who's a little bit older. These things break down. And if you don't take time to take care of it, then maybe you're not as disciplined as I thought you were. (laughs) Okay, fine. I'll stay for now, mostly because I'm still very lightheaded. And I don't know how far I would make it. But any funny business tomorrow, and I'm out of here. Hey, Dad. Yeah, kiddo. I got two questions. Okie dokie. One, what is the 10% of my powers that you do like? Um, well, you remember how we used to have to change the TV with that broomstick because the remote vanished from our home and seemingly the material plane about a year ago? Yeah. Well, now you can change the channels with your brain. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's one thing I like. Also, you're more confident now. Yeah, well. And that's been nice to see. And that's why I got grounded, right? My confidence got a little a little too high. Mm. Uh, no, it was your behavior and attitude. <laughs> okay, my second question Can I have a pudding cup from the cafeteria? Excuse me. My daughter is badly hurt and she needs a pudding cup. Who do I need to talk to to get a pudding cup in here? I'm here. I'm the pudding guy. (laughs) We have four flavors today. Butterscotch, chocolate, vanilla, and mint cherry. Can I have a mint cherry and one chocolate, please? The mint cherry is so gross, but I'll get it for you. (laughs) <laughs> and he throws the mint cherry to her dad. <laughs> Do you make the pudding or? Oh, we make it in house. <laughs> I don't know the ingredients. I'm sorry. <laughs> but if you're allergic to. And then he pulls out a little list mm, dairy, shellfish, peanuts, or castor oil, you should not eat it. Castor oil. Castor oil. <laughs> Doctor eating the mint cherry walks by and says, Wait a minute, did you say shellfish? I said shellfish. What shellfish are you putting in the pudding? I don't know, I don't make it. Why would you put shellfish in the pudding? I don't make it. I am allergic to shellfish. I just bring the what pudding. What am I going to do? Oh, wait, we're in a hospital. Yeah. All right, someone admit me to the ER. <laughs> That was weird. Yeah, you said this was a hospital for normal people? I didn't even know that Chillhaven was a big enough city to have a hospital with their own dedicated pudding guy. Listen, I'm probably not going to eat this mint cherry pudding. And I don't know if I'm allergic to shellfish, but I'm definitely allergic to it being in my dessert. Well, if you want to hang out for a bit, we've got tiny little TV, and we don't have to use a broomstick to control the channels. Because of your brain? No, because I had the remote right here. Oh, true. They put it right next to me. Yeah, it's attached to the bed. You want to watch Afternoon Court? 
All right. My knights, thank you so much for coming to my court this fine afternoon once again. I hate coming to the court in the afternoon. It's nice out. I want to be outside, not in this stupid castle. The sun makes my armor too hot. <laughs> I keep telling you, we don't have to wear armor when we're not going into battle. I'm just in a t-shirt and shorts. I didn't know we'd invented those yet. <laughs> yeah, it's like set in the past, but like semi-modern. It's anachronistic, you know. Oh, cool. <laughs> is this meta-commentary part of that approach to the showmaking? Yes, it is. They're sort of just like letting the air out of the stuffiness of high fantasy? Exactly. So tell us what you think, America. <laughs> Vote for your favorite character right now by texting 555-555-2666666. They kill us if we don't win. <laughs> oh, I love this episode. This is the one where they get meta. <laughs> we got... Back to Chillhaven High, where one Angela Atticus Jr. is, well, wouldn't you know it, right where we left her, inside the runic circle, in which she has been accidentally, magically trapped. We see Angela Atticus Jr. laying on her back, legs spread out, arms spread out, staring aimlessly at the sky and singing her favorite song, Seventeen. And crying once again because she's so sad that the life that her and her friends lead is so tragic. Can't we be 17? That's all we want to do. I just want to have a normal life. Now I have to go into the forest. I don't know why. And I don't know if Zeke is ever going to come back for me. And you know, the rock priest is probably going to come back to life and eat me. As Angela is wiping the tears off her face, she sees a glimmer in the distance. She pulls up her head, squints her eyes, and sees two headlights rolling towards her. Is that Zeke? Is that my car? Is that Zeke? Angela is waving her hands in the air and standing up on her feet. Zeke? Is that Zeke? Zeke, it's totally Zeke. That's my car. He came back for me. The relief Angela feels is quickly replaced by extreme anxiety when she clocks the speed at which this vehicle <laughs> is careening into the parking oh, lot of no. the school. I forgot that Zeke can't drive. As it heads straight towards <laughs> the flagpole oh. outside the main, <laughs> the main school building. We hear the brakes of the Angelo-mobile screech horrendously one final time. We see the clouds of smoke erupting from the tires as Zeke drifts it to the side and slams it, T-boning himself <laughs> into the flagpole outside the school. Do you know you have to brake before you hit something? Angela! Did you see me parallel park? You just hit that! My car is dented! What? My phone, my car! Can't wait for you to build me a new car and a new cell phone with all the money that you have. Ooh, that sounds fun. I can build you a car. I would Ooh, literally... It might be more of a cart. I would... With like a K. I can't... I, I would never trust to be in that. <laughs> It's okay. Is Penny okay? Uh, I, she's at the hospital. 
Hey, look, I brought Wally. And Zeke whips oh open the back God. door to the Angelo mobile. Oh, God. And it probably falls off the hinges. <laughs> oh, uh, Wally, I'm so happy to see you. Oh, did you just fall out of the car? Hello. Is... <laughs> <laughs> Wally, are you okay? Angela. Yes, it's me. Oh, oh, oh. I know. We'll talk about that. The absinthe is really tripping me out. Your antlers look huge. <gasps> what antlers? <laughs> <laughs> Wally just freezes. He stares at you like wide-eyed for a second and then glares at you. Are you messing with me? Yes. Because I am. I'm drunk. <laughs> yes. But now that you're here, can you help me out? Because I'm stuck in this circle. Oh, and the rock priest is over there on the ground. Remember the rock priest? The one who wants to eat me. Yeah, he's right next Ooh, to you. Scary. It is. And I. Ooh. Listen, don't taunt him. I don't know if he's truly dead or not. Well, Angela. Zeke. This is my dream. Oh, Zeke. Oh, he's, he's fucking hammered. Oh, okay. Great. And drinking absinthe all night. I don't. Really, that, I still don't really understand the physics of it. Because does like, it affect the magic? Absinthe is also a ghost. Like he's not picking up a real bottle of absinthe and drinking it. It's always just like with him in his ghost form. But but yeah, he's he's been hitting this. He's been hitting the sauce. Will he's that been hitting the sauce? Will that tonight. affect the magic? I have no idea. Okay. I didn't have a lot of listen. I was. I, I was, know. I was in a rush to I get know. back here. You know. Well, thank you. Okay, let's. Um, so, Wally. Yeah. <laughs> so, we need to get me out of this magical circle. And you and I need to put this rock priest that could eat you and everybody that I love, we need to put him in the ground. Well, get him all the way down there into the lava. <sighs> well, Angela. Yes, Wally. Antlera. <laughs> <laughs> The first part's pretty easy. You just need to dispel the runes so that the, 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 the magic is no longer activated. Cool. That's why you're here. Get me out of here. Okay. All right. Please. Wally! Huh? So you can't do the magic. What? Listen, if we want to get out of this nightmare, dream of yours, whatever, we got to... We gotta go fast. Yes. And then we can drink more absinthe after Ooh. this. Yes. All right. All right. Magic. Big on. Uh, Angela takes a step forward, and then another step forward, and then tries to exit the circle. Why did I think that was gonna work? <laughs> Wally. What? We have to get the rock priest in the ground. Hurry up. We see Wallace Patter Goodwin's ectoplasmed form gain a semblance of stability. He takes a deep breath in. And it's almost as though the clouds in the sky shift behind him, as though there's an electricity in the air as he raises his hands over the runic circle and says, Hawk Magike Subsisto! And the red glow in the runes surrounding Angela sparkles away to nothing. (gasps) 
Okay, uh, that might have worked. Okay, um, and then Angela takes a couple steps forward and exits what used to be a circle on the ground. I'm out. Wally, thank you. Yes, I told you it wasn't hard. Well, Zeke, um, we need to get the rock priest in the car. Okay. And good news. Yeah. Plenty of room in the trunk. Wonderful. Bad news. Yeah. Because some of your seats fell out. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean fell out? I fell out of where? I might have had. The, I might have had the trunk open on the highway. What? They might have gotten a little loose when I hit some stuff. They might have. They might have. They might have bounced down out. Bounced on out of there. I'm gonna tell whoever's in charge of this, the license, to never give you one. That's that's fine. I'm not the one who told me to drive. You were my only option. Uh, okay. Um. Well, anyways, I'm gonna put the rock priest in the trunk. I will drive us back to your house, and I guess we need to get a new vehicle to deal with the rock priest. So I guess we're gonna have to steal your dad's car. Yeah, we were saying volcano, huh? We're gonna put him in a volcano. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. The nearest volcano is about 300 miles north on the interstate. You just follow the signs for the national park. You can get there. Thank you. Have you been? Thank you, Wally. You've been? You just knew that one off the dome? Yeah. Oh, yes. I love the national parks. Wonderful. That's great. Okay. So. Okay. So. Give me the keys. All right. Get in the car. Yep. Wally, get in the car. Okay. I'll deal with the priest. And Angela walks over to the rock priest and takes her arms and wraps them around both sides of him. He's still intertwined in the branches and roots to hold him down in the ground. Angela rips him up, still cocooned, and stuffs him in the trunk. Wally, you coming? Oh, no. I think I'm going to stay here. You're going to And I will tell you why. One... I don't want to do any more with any of you children. I'd like to drink more absinthe. And two, I don't think I should sit next to a monster that could eat me and use me as fuel. Fair. Do you know how to get home? No. Okay. But I will later. Okay, that's fine too. (laughs) Or perhaps this is my home now. No. You don't want to live at a high school. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) To my house. Let's go. We see Zeke and Angela Atticus Jr. pull up to Zeke and Jeff's house and jump out of Angela's car. Angela runs over to Jeff's station wagon, opens the driver's door. Angela flips down the sun visor and the keys fall out into her hands. Yes, he always hides them here. Perfect. Angela starts up (laughs) the engine to the station wagon and uh, pops the trunk open. Okay, Zeke, um, since you don't really have muscles or anything, just get in the passenger seat, okay? Okay, no problem. Angela grabs the rock priest and quickly puts him into the station wagon trunk. Okay, um, can you put the volcano in your GPS? Because, you know, I don't have a phone. Volcano National Park. Huh. What? Wally was right. 300 miles north on the interstate. He did say he was a nature man. Yeah, dude really knows his national parks. Okay. Um, Let's go. Angela turns up whatever station Jeff is listening to and speeds off into the distance. We cut. 
to a montage. We see Jeff Lynn's modded out station wagon driving past one of those old school natural wood looking national park signs that reads Volcano National Park. As the station wagon drives past down a two lane highway and into the forest. We then cut to a series of shots of the station wagon driving through a forest and then more forest and then more forest and then the trees grow sparser and the rocks grow bigger and the elevation glad you asked it's going upper as the car begins to climb up the side of scenic mount volcano gradually the trees are replaced with rocks one by one until all we're left with is rocks rocks everywhere big ones little ones all of them laying on the ground where god put them and pointing uh, at an angle because of the slope. The slope is very high. As the station wagon continues to climb, the road becoming craggier. We cut to a wide shot as we see the station wagon so closely drift around the edge of a cliff as it continues up the mountain. Fucking wages of fear style, except in this car is not horribly dangerous nitroglycerin. Instead, it's a rock that used to be a guy that used to be a vampire that eats ghosts. Finally, we cut to one last wide shot at the tippy top of the mountain. As Jeff's station wagon, piloted by Angela, containing a sleeping Zeke, pulls to a gravelly stop besides a conveniently open lava-filled caldera. Zeke, wake up. We're here. We're at the volcano? Zeke leans out the window. Whoa! Yeah, that is a big old pit of lava. Yeah, so um, I guess I'll handle the rock priest if you just want to stand and look at me, drop him into the volcano. I want to help. I mean, I can't pick him up. He's very heavy, but I want to feel like I'm helping, so I'm going to put my hands on him and, and throw him in with you. Okay, cool. Um, I'll just go get him, and then we can throw him in together. Sounds like a plan. Angela gets out of the driver's seat and runs back to the trunk and flips it open. All right. Last time I'm going to see you, Angela picks him up and walks over to the edge of the volcano. We cut briefly to just to the right of Zeke and Angela, where staked in the ground at the edge of the caldera is a metal sign on a pole, which reads... Caution. Lava. Can melt rocks. Ooh, that's a reassuring sign over there. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not doing it yet. We got we got to think of a cool line to say. I'm going to leave that to you. We're like, we're, we're destroying the monster. We got to have a cool line to say. Um, okay. Uh, what about like... Hey. You. you jerk. Um, get burnt up in the lava. And kick rocks. All right. All right. I feel good about that. Okay, ready? One, two, Two, three. three. (laughs) 
so that's it. You just in there, and we don't have to worry about it anymore. That was that was the plan. Kind of makes me feel uncomfortable. Feels like, uh, yeah, like but, it was too easy. Yeah, but like, how do we check? Yeah, to make sure. In? All right, how about we just um, just gonna wash our hands of it. Yeah, you know what? And if it comes back to haunt us, we put him in a volcano again. We put him in a volcano again, and yeah, it's fine. He's he's and dead. This was Wally's plan, really. Yeah, so we were just following orders and... We were just following what Wally said we yeah. should do. So if anything comes back to haunt us, it's technically It's Wally's fault. fault. At this very moment, Deke <laughs> receives a text from Penny, and it is a picture of her sitting in a hospital bed with lots of tubes in her and holding two containers of pudding. As soon as this photograph of Penny appears on Zeke's phone, our camera begins to zoom into it. Even as the wood and leaf cocoon, which Angela summoned to encase the anchorite, burns in the distance, its contents ambiguous even now, we continue to zoom slowly on this image of Penny, holding her two cups of disgusting pudding. We zoom in closer, centering not on Penny's pallid though cheerful face, but on another image just over her shoulder, a printout of the CAT scan of Penny's brain, and we see directly in the center of her telekinetic gray matter, an ominous black mass, streaked across which is a shape. Perhaps it's a trick of the eye or an artifact of the imaging technology, but what it resembles most to us looking at it now is a wide, sickening grin. Performed by Miss Lawson. Angela Atticus Jr. is performed by Megan Swissman. Zeklin, as well as Wallace Catter Goodwin, are performed by James Kellar. James is also the composer for all the podcast's original music. All other characters, human or otherwise, are performed by Philip Swissman, who is also the game master and producer of Dangerous Times at Killhaven High. Additional sound effects provided by ZapSplat.com. Monster of the Week tabletop game created by Michael Sands. Okay, goodbye now.
we cut to the exterior of an extra large tour bus in the parking lot of Patrick's Patties. Our camera busts in through the front door and zooms around Evil Dead style until it reaches one Chag Nethermere. Chag takes a break from playing his video games as he looks over his shoulder because he feels a gust of wind hitting the back of his neck. Quest? Oakley? Did y'all come back with the pizza? I've been waiting for days. Okay, I guess I'm alone. Again. If y'all are joking with me this time, y'all better be dead. You know I hate this shit. <laughs> 